let's pray together and then we will um, we'll, we'll um, hit it. I believe in, y'all say this after me and let's uh, lift our Bibles and our, and our uh, scripture in the air. I could do that right now. Say this after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And right now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. God's holy church. The forgiveness, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I got distracted. I was distracted. Hey, <clears throat> so tonight I want to, um, I, I'd, like, I'd like you to do me a big favor. Um, I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say, but I think that the most important decision that you ever make in your life is about your relationships. Because certainly following Jesus is the most important but the relationships that we choose to be a part of our life shape how we follow Jesus. And so tonight I want to talk about what will become for you all, except for the couple of you in here that have already made the decision, the most important decision in relationship that you'll ever make, and that's who you'll spend the rest of your life with. And so um, I'm going to ask that you treat these next four weeks, but especially tonight, we'll start with tonight, I'd like for you to treat it with as much um, respect as you can. Just say, hey, I want to... I want to listen and I want to um, grow. I want the Holy Spirit to challenge me. If there's something on the inside that the Holy Spirit wants to say to me, I want to hear it. And so the way that we do that is we do our very best to keep from being distracted and to certainly not be a distraction. So, so help me tonight. Um, here's my challenge to you. Why don't you put your phone up and let's don't look at phones for the next 30 minutes. And let's just take some, uh, let's take some notes. All of you have something to take notes right in your, in your seat. You might need a pen. You'll have to borrow one from uh, somebody that actually carries more than one or two. I was never, I was always the guy at school that borrowed a pencil or a pen every day of my life. Anybody like that? It was always a dude. Oh, a couple girls too. All right. But it's, but it's uh, Nadia and me, right? <clears throat> so at the center of every great love story are these two people who are right for each other. They're destined to be together. We're usually able to spot them three or four scenes into a movie or a half a dozen chapters into a novel. You just know, usually before they do, right? So you're watching this movie. I, I have to admit something that I didn't realize until much more recently, like this has just been in the last few years, I didn't realize how much I loved romantic comedies. I didn't know that I loved them, and I do. I didn't mean to love them. I didn't intend to love them, but I began. I fell in love with the, the, with the, the movie of love. 
and those are romantic comedies. I, I'm not quite there on just straight-up romance movies like Nicholas Sparks kind of stuff yet, but I am locked in on a good romantic comedy. Not a, not a bad one, not a dumb one. I'm talking about a good one. <clears throat> I watched that new, that new movie on Facebook the other day. Uh, what did I say? I watched that new movie. I watched, so I was out the other day, and I was watching uh, Snapchat, and it was so good, and what was, what's that new movie on Netflix that I watched the other day? All the boys that I've loved before. And I was like, I don't want to like this movie, but I can't help it. I do. I, I, just, I just like it. And I teared up. And I began to think about movies in my life. I've never, I've, I'm just, I don't admit, I don't like to admit this, but I do like them. There's something, there's something romantic. And when I say romantic, I don't mean the small word, like like kissy-kissy, lovey-lovey kind of romantic. I mean the big word, like romantic, like the, the, the optimistic, idealistic way to live life. I'm a romantic at heart, and I, I, think I've, I think I am growing into the realization that I'm okay with it. One of my favorite movies years and years and years ago, I don't know how it is anymore because I watched it a little more recently, and it's not good anymore, but I loved that movie, You've Got Mail. Did y'all ever see that movie, You've Got Mail? With Tom Hanks and my super, my super crush when I was younger, Meg Ryan, and 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 so you're in the movie. Just a few, just a few minutes in, you already know they're gonna fall in love. It's that simple. They're falling in love. Now <clears throat> there are some people that are trying to do like a little twist on the love story, kind of like to all the boys I've loved. Kind of, kind of do a small twist on it. Then you go, oh, they're gonna fall in love, and you get to the end, you go, oh. Oh, they didn't fall in love. She fell for that. But you always, you almost always can pick out who it is, right? You almost always know, oh, they're made for each other. They're just right for each other. So, you know, after about 300 pages or 120 minutes later, these two are going to figure out what we all knew all along, leaving us entertained and in some cases inspired by their story of love, this happily ever after magic moment. I'm just a sap. For a good rom-com. I, Tiffany and I used to argue about which, who was going to get to pick out the movie when we went to the movie theater. And I played into this cultural conditioning that when it was my turn to pick, I was going to choose like a shoot 'em up And when it was her turn to pick, we were going to go to a rom-com. And I would never tell her that I almost always liked the rom-com. I just didn't want to tell her. So the movies have this brilliant way of highlighting the perfect couple, Right? And so we just assume that it's going to be the same way for us. We'll see him or we'll see her and we'll think that our story is going to happen the same way. And usually we assume that it has everything to do with attraction. You've heard the statement before, right? You've heard the statement that says, love at first sight. How many of you have ever seen someone and you went, I want to date them. I have no doubt in my mind that we would be perfect together. How many of you did that? I went to a, um, when I was in 10th grade, I moved to a brand new school. And uh, I walked in my very first day. I knew not a human there. There wasn't a person that I knew there. I didn't know one human. I need some help over there. Uh, I didn't know one human there. And I remember walking in and I saw this girl. And she was in my grade and I went, oh, I'm going to date her. We were made for each other immediately, walked in the door, and it took me a whole year to, to weasel my way into a conversation with her, but we dated for about a year, uh, and I thought that we would be the perfect couple because when I saw her, 
I just knew that we were supposed to date. Yeah, we weren't. We weren't very good. Um, I knew that we weren't the perfect couple. The day that she told me, I want you to wear the same shirt as me. Not at the same time, like we weren't going to share it, like at the, <laughs> but, but her mom got us both, I've told you guys this before, her mom got us the same shirt at Christmas and she told me, she said like, I want you to wear this with me to the mall and I said, no, I can't, I can't, I don't have the ability to do that, I'm not going to do that. She said these words, if you love me, you'll do it and I went, oh, 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 oh. so we went to the mall wearing our matching shirts <laughs> and I just... This is the honest truth. I sweated the whole time I was there. I just was uncomfortable sweating the whole time I was there. It just wasn't, it wasn't me. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I stuck out. It was not the perfect rom-com. It was the perfect calm. And so <laughs> the movies paint for us this picture often that if you can, if you see them, if you, if you can find them, if you can find the right person, then everything is going to be all right. And we have this idea that there is this one person that's out there. I don't know where this comes from, but it's like there's these star-crossed lovers and there's one person that's out there. And if we can just find that person, then that's the person that God placed on the earth in order for, to make me happy. It's an extremely selfish way to think about something, right? God put this person on the earth to make me happy, to fulfill my needs, to fulfill my desires. And I want to tell you tonight, I want to give you a couple myths tonight. And the first one is simply this. Finding the right person doesn't ensure that everything is going to be all right. Finding the right person doesn't ensure that everything is going to be all right. I've had dozens of teens ask me over the years, well, what happens if I miss out on him or her? Like, what if I miss them? What if somehow we just are walking and we just don't ever see each other? What happens if we were born in different cities or different states or different countries and, like, I just never find them? Do you know that every year in America, <clears throat> five million people get married? Mar married. They get married. <laughs> but five million people get married. That's a very different thing to get married and to get married. Um, but five million people get married. Every year, five million people get married. And almost 2 million people get divorced. Now, I'm going to assume that 99.99999% of them that get married stand at the altar or before the probate judge or however they do it and say, this is the right person for me. Right? That's, the, that's almost the only reason anybody ever gets married. And yet every year, nearly 2 million people say, boy, that wasn't the right person. That wasn't the right person for me. Because finding the right person doesn't ensure that everything will be all right. In fact, I want to I tell you something, and I want you to write this down, and I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. You will marry the wrong person. You're going to marry the wrong person. Listen to me closely. Write this down. Maybe I'll explain it. What, what if I just left that there? All right, point number two. <laughs> You're going to marry the wrong person. Because no one can live up to the expectations that you have in your life of what the right person is supposed to be. No one has that ability. It doesn't exist. No one can have an expectation. Because think about what you want. 
Think about what you desire. I want someone to love me every minute of my life, and I want them to show love to me every minute of my life, and I want them to bow to my needs and to cater to what I desire, and I want them to honor me and respect me and affirm me and confirm me, and I want them to, anytime that I want to do anything to just agree, that's what our right person is in our mind, and I got bad news for you. The other person thinks the same thing. You're going to marry the wrong person. Because no one has the ability to live up to the expectations that you've already put in your mind of what that person is. If you've ever dated anyone in this room, if you've ever dated, do you not agree? That person has not met every expectation that I wanted them to meet, right? So you're going to marry the wrong person. Find it, I'm not at point number two yet. Finding the right person doesn't ensure that everything's going to work out. You're going to marry the wrong person. You're going to marry the wrong person for a few reasons. The first of which, obviously, is that person can't meet every expectation that you have. But the second thing is this. You don't even know what you want. You don't even know what's good for you. I remember, I remember making this list about who, what I wanted in a person, what I thought was. And I kept it in my Bible because I felt like if I put it in my Bible, like God would have to honor it. I was like, God, I've put it right here in these pages, and you hand wrote this book, Right? You hand wrote it. Like this is this is dictated by you, and I'm going to put it here. It's almost like this. It was almost like this little superstitious, like it, like this mantra that I had that God had to do. I mean, I'm putting my list in the book. God has to honor it. And I remember meeting Tiffany and going, "All right, she's some of these. Now what do I do? What am I supposed to do with this now?" No one can meet every expectation that you have. It's not going to happen. You're going to marry the wrong person. So what do we do with that? You are, I do want to go to point number two. I, I, lo I love how I've done this. The first point is you're going to marry the wrong person. The second point is commitment is overrated. Commitment is overrated. Making a commitment to someone is overrated. It is not the most important thing that you're going to do in a relationship. Making a commitment to somebody. Anybody can make a commitment. Five million people stand in front of a judge or a preacher every single year and make a commitment. I'm going to love you until I die. And then two million of them, you know, 40% of them say, well, you know, I changed my mind. In the realm of relationships, unlike any other arena of our life, we operate from the premise that a promise replaces the need for preparation. That a couple can promise or vow or commit themselves into a successful future. Like if I just commit to you that I'm going to be good, it's good enough and we're all going to be happy and, and happily ever after. But our experience in other areas proves that to be patently false. In the world of academics... In sports, in business, in medicine, you name the field, preparation is the key to success. Do you, how many of you would love to go into the doctor's office one day and, and find out that you have a terrible problem with your kidney and it's going to have to be removed? And the doctor says to you, hey, I got, um, I got good news and bad news. The good news is that I am committed to do my very best job. I'm going to do the very best that I can possibly do. The bad news is 
I'm a plumber. I have never been to medical school, and I've never done, I've never done any, I don't even know where the kidney is. I'm, I've got Google right here, and I'm going to say, hey, Google, can you show me how to take out a kidney? And I hope the YouTube video that comes up is precise, and it's actually a human. If it's not a human, then what's the next closest thing? Goat, got it. I'm looking for a goat kidney removal. How many of you would like to do that? How many of you would like somebody on your baseball team that came, that joined the team today and you put them in the lineup and they say, I got good news and bad news. Bottom of the seventh inning, which for high school is the, the end. Bottom of the seventh inning, bases loaded, two outs, and, and Bobby comes up to bat. He's just joined the team today. It's his first at bat. He goes, I got good news, I got bad news. The good news is I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to do the best job that I can possibly do. Bad news is... What do I do? What do like what, what is that right there? Well, that's a bat. What do you do with the bat? Oh, you swing at this ball right there. Okay, I'm going to do my best. I've never hit a ball before. I've never seen a baseball before. I've never seen a bat. How many of you think that's a good, like that's good? Like that's a good idea? Sure. The problem with commitment and preparation is, is that everybody is willing to make a commitment. Far too few people are willing to get prepared. Very few people prepare. Most are content to commit in relationships. Commitment is overrated. Do yourself a big favor. Do yourself a big favor. Don't make a relational commitment that you're not prepared to keep. Notice I didn't say committed to keep. I didn't say don't make a commitment that you are committed to keep. It'd be a dumb sentence anyway. And don't commit yourself to someone who is unprepared to keep his or her commitment to you. Proverbs 14, 15 says this, The simple will believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. 20 years of hanging out with teenagers, 7 years of being one myself, so now I've been around teenagers for about 27 years, including you know the 7 years I were one. And I have a pretty simple conclusion. We just don't put a lot of thought into our romantic relationships. We don't think through the, we're not prudent with who we are willing to give our heart to. So how do I know if I'm actually ready? How do I know if she or he is ready? How, it's actually like this really easy answer. We just don't want to think about it. How do I know if I'm ready to be in a relationship? How do I know if he or she is going to be good if I'm in a relationship? I have a very easy answer for you. It's so simple. We just don't want to talk about it. Look at their past. Girls, I, I love you with all my heart, but you are the most optimistic daters on the planet. This guy will be an absolute buffoon to your friend. Treat her like trash. Ask, cheat on her, all kind of stuff, and then you go, okay, it's my turn. I will fix him. It just doesn't work. Guys, you guys, I, look, I, I, I love you guys. And I want, I want to believe that you are thinking this through, that you are being prudent. But you'll fall for a girl and find out about her past, that she was just mean or gossipy or rude or cheated or whatever. And you're like, I got this. I got this. She didn't date me. Judge people by their past. People rarely change, and they rarely to never change inside of a relationship. 
The only time people change is when Jesus does a major work in their life. That's how people change. Anyone can make a commitment. Five million people every year do it. Commitment is overrated. Preparedness is underrated. Now I want to get to my third point and the big point of the night. This is what I want to talk to you about. This is what I want you to hear. Number three, stop looking for the right person and actually become the right person. Stop looking for the right person. Stop looking for the right guy. Stop looking for the right girl. Stop putting all of your energy into finding the right person and become the right person. The success of your marriage one day, all of you guys want to be married one day. The success of your marriage has less to do with if you found the right person and more to do with if you become the right person. Listen to me. This, is, this might be the most important thing that I say tonight. I've said a couple important things. I'm going to say a couple more important things, but this one, this one might be the best. The success of your relationship has less to do with the person that you find and if they're the right fit and more to do with whether or not you are the right person. What are you doing to prepare to be the person that you need to be? You can find the right person. You can find the right person in a perfect moment. But it takes hard work, persistence, and a lot of time to become the right person. Do you hear that? Listen to that. You can find the right person. What you think is the right person. The person that you are, the person that you are attracted to. Hey, I got news for you, by the way. You are attracted to a lot more people than you're actually compatible with. Like you're, like you're probably attracted, you could probably be attracted to several million people on this planet. Should you date all several million of them? Probably not. You can find the right person in a perfect moment, but it takes hard work. It takes persistence. It takes some sacrifice. And it takes a lot of time to become the right person. Listen to this. Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? I want you to think about that for a minute. Are you the person? Are you the person? Have you become the person that the person that you're looking for is looking for? When I was, um, when I was in high school, I... Uh, Actually, before I was in high school, I made a, a, a commitment to God that I wanted to do relationships right. And I didn't really know what it meant. I just knew that I wanted, I wanted, to, do, I wanted to do relationships right. I just wanted to be, I wanted to be good. And um, somehow, I, I don't know if God dropped it in my heart, but I just began to serve Jesus. And I tried to serve him really well. And I made commitments when, when I was younger. I made commitments to just trying to live like Jesus. I, uh, I didn't date much until I was a junior in high school, and I told you I dated that one girl for about a year. And uh, we dated, well, look, we were fine, um, except for that whole shirt thing. <clears throat> it was, it was, that literally was devastating to me. But after that, <laughs> after that, uh, we broke up my senior year, and I dated a whole bunch of girls. And I just decided, I don't know, in, in a moment of weakness in my life for one year, not even one year, several months, I just would date any, something happened, this girl told me one day, I don't know what she, I think she was Satan, but she told me one day, she was Satan, and she just said, "Um, you see that girl right there? And she pointed to the most beautiful girl I thought in the whole school. And I said, yeah, I know her, I know of her, 
She said, you know, all you got to do is ask her out. And I went, what? She goes, oh, yeah, you just ask her out. And I was so nervous. And so I went to her and I asked her out. And she, hey, you want to go out sometime? Yeah, absolutely. And I went. And, 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 and it clicked in my head, I don't know why, that girls will go out with anybody. That's what I just decided that day. I was like, oh, anybody. So I just started asking all kinds of girls out. And I, just, and I just dated terrible girls. I just dated terrible girls. I wasn't, I'm not saying I was good. I'm just saying I just dated people I shouldn't be with. I knew better than that. They didn't have the same commitment to Jesus that I did. And I would date anybody. So I, started, so I dated this woman. One night I went out on a date with this girl. Her, uh, her name was, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to say her name, but I, I do remember her name. It started with a month. Um, but she was, she was a month, and I dated her um, basically the same month that, of her name. And so, um, <laughs> yes, February. So, <clears throat> yeah. so, so we went out one night, and um, the whole night, I'm just going to tell you, I, the whole night, it was like God was saying to me, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not who you're supposed to. You're, just stop. This is not right. And just kept saying, I just kept hearing it. I, look, I, I don't know how to tell you how to hear from God, but I felt like I was hearing from God. It was just kind of in my, in my heart. And I kept pushing it out of my mind. I was like, no, that's not God. I really am enjoying this evening. That's not God. And... um. On the way home, on the, on the way to take her home that night, I remember hearing God say, you don't need to be with this girl. This isn't right for you. It's not right. And I was like, God, that's not you. And the minute I thought in my head, this, this I, God, that's not you, I heard this, Goo-goo! I love how everybody popped up. Goo-goo! And I hit a possum. Pow! And I went, God, is that a sign from you that I am dating the wrong girl? And I went, no, that's not God. God's not trying to get my attention. And immediately, I'm telling you, I, I, I promise you, the minute that I thought, no, that's not God, pow, I hit another possum. And I went, okay. And I went home, and I told her, I said, hey, I just, this isn't, this isn't. This isn't going to work. I don't think this is a good idea for us. And she started crying. Girls, don't. That's so mean. She started crying. And I was like, oh, my God. What do I do now? And I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I just left. No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't. No, I did say. No, I said. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But I did say to her, I said, no, I, I'm sorry. I just don't think this is, I just don't think this is right. I'm just not going to date. I'm just not going to do this right now. And I took the next year and a half of my life. And after that moment, after my, after my double possum God moment, I felt like God was talking to me, and I said, I'm, I'm just not. Until I become, I, I just heard God whisper to me, you need to become the person that I want you to be, and then I'll put the right person in your path. That's what I heard God say to me. You do right. You become who you're supposed to be. You become the man of God that I want you to be. You hear from me. And then I'll let you stumble into the person that I have for you. And so I did for the next year and a half. Just wasn't interested. Went to college my first year. College. Man, I, you would think that you'd be having all kind of fun at college, right? I mean, it's, and I just did it. I, I had fun. I just didn't go out with, with any girls. I just said, I'm going to, I'm just going to focus. And I would, and I, and I would go, 
I would go to the piano room, um, usually about two or three times a night. We had, a, we had this piano, I mean, two or three times a week. We had this piano room. I'd go to the piano room about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And um, I learned to play the piano when I, was in, when I was in Bible college, my very first year. And I'd go to the piano room, and I'd just start playing. And I would sit there, and, I would, and, I, and it's where I, I think I learned to worship. Like, I learned to say, this is bigger like this moment matters right here and I would play and I would worship and I would sing and I would cry and I would pray and I would listen and I would sing and I would cry and I would do it over and over and over and over again and this is the honest truth most days I never even cared I just didn't I didn't care about girls in that season it just wasn't like it was just gone some of you have never had a moment in your life that you didn't care about a guy or a girl like it doesn't like it does you, you can't and I'm just going to tell you in order for you to be, in order, in order for you to, to have a successful relationship, you've got to become the person that God wants you to be first. It's the only way to do it. You can't take all of this brokenness into relationships and think that and think that things get fixed. They don't. They don't get fixed that way. Relationships don't fix things. They highlight the brokenness. Listen to me. Relationships don't fix stuff. They shine this giant limelight on all of the things that are broken inside of you. And all of that crap comes to the surface. And now you're stuck inside of this commitment that you've made, trying to become the person that you should have become before you ever started. I would go to the chapel with my friends. I started a small group with, um, with 14 of my friends. There were, there were uh, 15 of us. And we would get together every Monday night and we would pray for each other. And we never prayed about our relationships. We prayed for each other. Hey, man, what can I pray for you about? Man, I just want to become the. And we, we prayed. This is what we prayed for every single Monday night for a year. We prayed for one another's calling and ministry. And then each of us, each of us took a day of the week and fasted all day long for each other. All day long. From 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. All day long we would fast and just pray for each other. Every meal, go pray. Go pray. And I'd pray for my buddies. I'd pray for Brian and I'd pray for Doug and I'd pray for Boo. I'd pray for Matt. I'd pray for Carl. I, I would pray for my friends. 14 of them. I'd pray for Squig. Every single, my day was, my day was Wednesday. Prayed every single Wednesday. And my friends would pray. Boo prayed with me. Boo and, Boo and I were on Wednesdays. My friend Boo. And so I would go to the piano room. I'd go, I'd go to church. I'd read my Bible. I would study. And I just was trying. I think there was a part of me that was intentional, and there was another part of me that was um, like God just was doing something, and I didn't. God does a lot of cool things inside of your life that you didn't realize he was going to do if you just place yourself in an availability or in a place for him to do something. You just got to just, just say, God does a lot more stuff in your life that you don't realize he's doing than he does that you do realize he's doing. And so I, so for a year and a half, and I never will forget the summer of my, before I was beginning my sophomore year, my friend Doug said to me, hey, guess who's coming down to college? I said, who? He said, Tiffany Cox is coming down to college. And I remember this moment that I just went, What? I'm going to marry her. 
was like that. What? I'm going to marry her. She'd been dating this guy for about four years, so I had a little bit of work to do. <clears throat> but I did. Um, I wanted to, I, I, I think that God wanted to do something inside of me. And when I was prepared or when I had begun a habit or a routine of pre preparedness, I think that God was ready to drop some person in my lap. I mean that appropriately. The, um, there's a story you probably have heard it about Adam and Eve. And um, Adam is created before Eve ever exists. And God comes to Adam and he says, <clears throat> let's see if anything else that I've created is a good fit for you. And so Adam starts looking at all the animals and he's like, well, there's a giraffe. I don't feel like that would work out. There's a platypus. That's awkward. There's a lizard. There's an elephant. There's a dog. Whatever. He's looking at all of them. And the Bible says that he could find no compatibility. And, and, and as I'm reading that, I go, really? You don't say. <laughs> and then God does something very cool. He, said, he puts Adam to sleep. He takes a nap. He's resting. He's not looking anymore. He's not trying to find anybody anymore. He's resting in God. And when he wakes up after resting in God, Eve is there. If you'll rest in God, and if you will give yourself over to the plan of God to let you become the person that God desires you to be, He'll put you to sleep, and when you wake up, what you need, what he desires for you, they'll be there. But you gotta be willing to you gotta be willing to do the work, to trust God, and to rest in Him. Commitment's overrated. It's time for you to start preparing yourself. Commitment is so much easier when you're ready. Commitment's easy when you're ready. Tonight I want to. Uh, so I guess the question is, is, well, how do I know, what does it look like to be ready? Like, what am I preparing myself for? Well, that's next week. How do I prepare myself? We'll talk about that next week. Tonight I want to pray for you. <clears throat> Tonight I'm going to ask our small group leaders to come to the front. And uh, give them an opportunity to pray with you guys. I, I love when you pray with your small group leader. It makes me, I, I, I just enjoy watching you pray. I want to tell you that what you bring to them matters. To them and to us. And so, tonight, just a couple easy things. Just a couple quick thoughts. And you can come down and pray with one of them. And I want you to know that if I don't say one of the things that you would like to pray about, you can just come down and pray anything you want to pray about. The first one is this. You say, Pastor Jeremy, I'm not a follower of Jesus. The first step to preparation is following Jesus. You say, Pastor Jeremy, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I, I want to I follow him. I want to pray for you tonight. If there's anybody in here that would say that, if you'll lift your hand, I, I'd love to pray for you tonight. Anybody in here? The second thing is this. You would say, Pastor Jeremy, um, a minute ago you mentioned that some of us have never had a moment of our life where we weren't thinking about, or at least not, not since I you know, got into middle school, 
where I wasn't thinking about I need to be with somebody romantically. I need to be in a romantic relationship. That's me. I don't want to feel that pressure. I want to become the man or the woman of God that God wants me to be. I don't want to feel that pressure anymore. I would rather be attracted to becoming like Jesus than attracted to another person all of the time. And I know this is a tender thing to raise your hand for, but if that's you in this room, I, I want to pray for you. Nobody looking around. Let me just pray for those. Yeah. Good. The last thing is this. I didn't talk. I, the, I, I want to make sure that I, that I am very, um, very intentional about making sure that anything that I say, don't, don't, don't feel shame or guilt in this room. Some of you have some brokenness in your past that carries with it some shame and some guilt, and I want you to know that that's not what this is ever going to be about this month. We're not going to talk about those kind of things that bring shame and guilt. We're going to talk about things that empower you to become everything that God dreams you to be. And tonight, if you say, Pastor Jeremy, I have some shame and some guilt in my background, and I, I sure would love it if God would take it away. If that's you tonight, I'd love to pray for you. Anybody in here, if you'll lift your hand, I'm going to pray for you. Good. Good deal. Hey, if you'll stand with me, <clears throat> if you lifted your hand for anything in here, or if you, one of your small group leaders said to you, hey, come down and pray with me tonight. I'd love to pray with you for anything. There's a, there's a 50 different things you could come down here and pray with you about. I'd like for you to. I'm going to start praying, and if you lifted your hand, come down and find one of our small group leaders, and, let's, and I'll, we're going to spend a minute in prayer with you. And then I'd like Edge to come and put their hands on your back so that you just know, hey, you got a lot of prayer happening for you today, okay? Jesus, tonight, go ahead and begin to come. Jesus, tonight, I'm grateful for young people that you've called, that you have called to become everything that you dream them to be. Tonight, will you empower them, embolden them to be courageous and to love you with their relationships. Amen. Hey, our, our team's down here for you to pray with. We're going to be around.